0: Uh, 51. Shabbos of Archim um, Let's go right to it. The Mimer focuses on the first verse of this week's Torah portion where Shem says, If you listen to my missus, Shem says, I will give you the covenant and the kindness and the love that I swore to give to your forefathers. The um, obvious question that you have when you hear that that sentence is it sounds like if you'll do a b and c then i'll keep my word in other words i'm not going to be honest with you unless you do a b and c doesn't sound very fair like if if it's something i'm promising i'm something i'm committing to do it doesn't make a difference what what you do it should be totally um irrelevant what i do if you made that promise and yet, the Torah does say that. Hashem says, I will do A, B, and C only if you keep, if you do A, B, and C, then I'll keep my words. Hashem actually uses three adjectives. And each of the adjectives Hashem uses are all things that shouldn't matter what we do. And yet, they all depend on what we do. And the question is, if he wants to talk about things he's going to do that are depending, uh, that are dependent on merit, Okay, so then talk about those things. Why? And he wants to talk about things which aren't dependent on merit, and why is if you do A, B, and C? So Hashem clearly is is uh, saying something here, and the question is, what is Hashem saying? And he's talking about things which are, or, not. I swore, it's kindness, it's a covenant, it's a, it's a real commitment, and if you do this, then I'll keep that. What's, why does he phrase this in a way of commitment that's not dependent on any condition, and yet put a condition on it? So what's going on? Let's see. If you will keep these laws, the laws of the Torah, and you will guard them. And you will fulfill them. And God will God guard for you the covenant, the kindness that He swore to give to your forefathers. And He will bless the fruit of... Your, uh, you bless your, your offering, uh, the food of your of your stomachs, the food meaning your children. Um to understand. What's the theme of these three specific um, blessings that God is talking about over here? The simple translation of the pasuk. It sounds like it's a condition. That the, my promise about giving you the covenant, giving you the kindness, giving you the oath, there's a condition for it. That if you keep the laws, then Hashem says, then I will keep the covenant, then I will keep the kindness, then I'll fulfill my oath to, to your forefathers. So, I need to understand that these things in between clubs and I are not at all dependent at all on the condition, in any condition. So what's the meaning of covenant? It's like two friends that make a covenant between them, make a strong decision between them, a strong agreement, that even if there will be something that separates between them, and will hold back their luck against For example, one of them will act in a way that leaves much to be desired. One of them doesn't act nicely to the other one. So that is likely, if if he doesn't act nice to the other guy, that the other guy will stop being friends with him. So they act the when they make the covenant, The come with him. No, nevertheless, that's what the covenant is in place, despite the fact that one acts in a way that's not good. Lord, well, you can have us, and they promise each other they will still love each other, and nothing will cause any weakness in their bond, in their friendship. Klal, at all. in A covenant is something which is totally um, independent of any condition. It's the opposite. A covenant is created in order that the connection should be unconditional. It should be an unconditional love. An oath is also something that you make without conditions. Kumari, for example, is a concept the says that a person makes an oath to fulfill a mitzvah. Why, says the Talmud, would a person need to take an oath to fulfill a mitzvah? It's an oath you made before at Mount Sinai. We all promised God to keep all the mitzvahs. So what's the meaning of making an oath to fulfill God's commandments? It's a, it's an oath that is uh, that we made a long time ago. Talmud says, you're allowed to make an additional oath, a second oath, in order to inspire yourself. But don't try this at home, as we discussed a couple of times, that mm-hmm. nowadays it's not advisable to take any oaths, uh, because when you make an oath, it's 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 you're just running into trouble. The, the, the um, gain of inspiring yourself, to fulfill the words of your oath, are outweighed by the loss of, um, of not fulfilling your oath. Never, never make an oath. But what is the meaning of making an oath when it is advisable? When the gain outweighs the loss? When people were made a little, 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 little stronger stuff than we are, and their oaths meant something that they could, that they would actually fulfill under um, uh, no matter what what the conditions were. the The purpose of the oath is that even if there'll be some kind of uh, blockade, some kind of thing that's stopping the performance of the mitzvah. Now, that's the purpose of the oath, that I'll not be affected by it. No matter what's going to happen, I'm not going to be affected by whatever waves are thrown at me, I'm still going to fulfill the mitzvah. That's the meaning of making an no. oath. So too is this true regarding an oath that God makes, as God uses expression of Torah, I have sworn, we find also that in the prophecy of Micha, we say to God, Allah was that you have sworn to our forefathers long ago, what is the meaning of God making an oath? What does that mean? Well, as, if he can, as if he needs to inspire himself, What what's the purpose of the oath? We make an oath because we're afraid that some new condition will arise and we won't be inspired to do the right thing and therefore make the oath to say, no matter what, I'm going to do this. But Hashem, what is... What kind of conditions is Hashem concerned about, so to speak? That He makes an oath that He's going to fulfill His words no matter what. You know, the conditions aren't His; the conditions are ours, our circumstances. That even if we look very ugly, we don't act, and we act very ugly, Hashem promises us, anyways, I am going to be with you. they respective of whatever condition the Jewish people are in. Even if we're in a condition that we're not deserving, that God should fulfill His promise. God still forces himself to, to fulfill his promise to us, his oath to us. So we see that both a covenant is not dependent on a uh, any conditions. And an oath is also not dependent on any conditions. There's a third adjective, or noun, that Torah uses in this verse, kindness. What kindness mean? Kindness is also something which is not connected to any condition. What does kindness mean? Kindness means, I want to give. I want to give everybody. Gvura means, I want to give those who are deserving. Chesed, is about you? What, is, what do you need? Chesed is, I want to give. So, when you're in a chesed mode, when the spirit of chesed in your neshama is shining in you, you're not interested in knowing who has real need. You want to know who is taking, who is accepting. I, I want to give. I want. It doesn't matter who needs. When you're in a gvura mode, you're like, I don't want to give anybody unless they really need it. That's your. That's a Gavura mode. In other words, in chesed, it's it's not just until proven guilty. It's it's more like deserving until until proven otherwise. When you're in a gvura mode, then it's like undeserving until proven deserving. So if Hashem is talking about kindness, which kindness means, I want to give. Everyone's deserving. I Everyone needs. I, I have to give. I want to give. Not only to those who deserve because of their virtue, because of good things that they've done. The next page. I want to give also to those who are not deserving even more. It's known that there are three kinds of... There are three spheres. There's chaser, gvuran, and means again that you're very... Um, what's the word? Judicious. You're very careful about who you give, even those who are deserving. You, you, you really judge them and think, do they really? I think um, there's a Jew by the door. That's so i can, I'll check if there's a Jew by the door. Okay. There's three kinds of feelings. There's chesed, chesed means I just want to give. Vodah means I only want to give to those who deserve. And there's Rachman. What's Rachman mean? Rachman means that I've taken, i put on my judicious hat, i put on my hat of judgment, and I've decided that yankel doesn't deserve. Yankel doesn't deserve. But then I think, wait, well, hey, Rachmanis, Yankel doesn't deserve, what's he going to do? So so I've I've decided he doesn't deserve. I'm not going to not give him because I feel bad for him. He doesn't deserve. So, chesed means, I don't care who needs, who doesn't need, I just, I have a feeling, chesed is about me, I want to give. Guru is about you, guru is about the recipient, who deserves. Rachman is a fusion of both. Racham starts with, no? Okay. What's someone there? Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's okay. I that's it's probably, right. so, so, Someone calls at this time, I'm thinking they're probably by the door, and then they, they see the sign that says, you know, anyways, so chesed, I'll give you a recap said is about me, I want to give gura is about the recipient who deserves, what's Rachman? Rachman is a fusion of both energies on the one hand, Rachman begins with gura, Rahman begins with the recipient who deserves but, don't, but even though I come to the conclusion that there are some which are undeserving I want to give them anyways because I feel bad for them because so you what? I feel bad for them mm. so I, I, I look at the recipient I say the recipient doesn't deserve and I come to that conclusion. And i write ready to stop. But then i like, ah, Rachmanis. And because I feel bad for them, I give them though they don't deserve. So Rahmanus is still about me? Rachmanis, is, Rachmanis is a fusion. So. Rahmanus is, it starts with the judgment. Okay. And then it continues with, with, with giving even though they, they're not deserving. So Hashem uses the word chassad here. That I means Hashem is talking about, not about judgment, Not about giving us despite the fact that we're... He starts when Hashem wants to give. It's about the Eibesher wants to give. The Eibesher is good and does good and therefore wants to give. Rachman means, oh, he does not deserve, still you feel bad and you give. That would be like compassion, It's about the other person. Compassion, Rachman is compassion. It's because it's about the other person. Well, it, it starts with you, you're still, you you have still well, you have, yeah. analyzed them, right. and you've determined that they don't deserve. Oh, I see. So, as opposed to Chesed, where you're not you're not interested in what the other person is going to, You I just want to give. So, in Rachman, there's still a difference between who does deserve and who doesn't deserve. However, in kindness, you just want to give everybody, you don't, you don't discern at all between those who are deserving and those who are undeserving. So all three things are not dependent on any condition. A covenant means specifically, I'm making a covenant because I'm afraid that our relationship will not have merit to continue. And I want to, I'm, I'm going to continue anyways. In um, an oath, an oath is made, no matter what the conditions are, I'm going to fulfill this oath. Kindness, I want to give because I want to give, doesn't matter what the recipient, what's going on in the world with the recipient. So all these three three things are unconditional. Im Kane, if they're unconditional. So why does Hashem say, "If you'll keep my law and you'll guard them, then I'll give you the kindness, then I'll give you the covenant, then I'll fulfill my oath"? So how does that make sense? That is a conditional. That's a question. That's a question. Why is it a question? Because Hashem says they're not conditional. In other words, Hashem is using words. Oh, I see. Hashem is using words that are not conditional. And it's yet conditional. Hashem says, if you'll do it this... it's very conditional. It's conditional. Yeah, it's it's, like, He says, if you do this, yeah. then he, then you'll get that. But he mm-hmm. may, but He's using words which are unconditional. That's question number one. We also need to understand, the word Hashem uses is eikev. Eikev could mean if, but it's a very unpopular, very unusual word for the word if. The usual word the Torah employs for if is im. So if the Torah is indeed employing a condition, it should have used the word im, which means if. Is it a condition or is it a result of? It's a condition, but it's a result of. Eikib sounds like a result of. Eikib means if. So if Eikib means if, why are we using another another word? we are we using the word eikib, not Maybe the word im? If in? you use the word eikib, it's a result of. Because of something, like something follows something. Because of this, there'll be that. Right. Yes. So because so, you have the Ekev, tishmun of because you listen, you, this is a follow-up. It's because of the mishpatim, you're a chesam, whatever the case. So it, it, it means the same thing as if I mean I, I know what you're saying. You, right. You you, you yeah. you're, you're hearing in, in the word Ekev, you're hearing of because of this there'll be that. It's, right. It's 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 it's, um, it's still enough. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, um it's focused on the. Uh, on the, the trajectory of the word "akev" is what's going to happen, as opposed to the word if, it, it can mean F anything. It, it, it yeah. not necessarily so about a consequence. <laughs> "F" is a major, uh, word. <laughs> is, I don't know you so is... Um, so, what's going on over here? I don't, I don't about word, so that's the question. Why are you using this unusual word? We find elsewhere, Torah uses the word Im. Bahai uh, Im Tishmun, actually Every day, every day we say in Shema if you listen to, to, to my voice and fulfill the mitzvahs then you'll merit all the blessings which are written in the second section of the Shema I'll give you rain right in the season so why does it say "Akev"? Rashi says the reason he uses the word "Akev" is very specific because the Torah wants to tell us something the Torah wants to talk to us about mitzvahs which have a relationship to the word ekev. Ekev also means heal. And there are some mitzvahs which people naturally trample underfoot. In other words, mitzvahs which people think those aren't the big ones. Those aren't important. There are the higher echelons in Judaism that I'm interested in, like Matzah and Chametz and Kippur and Shefer, Whatever, whatever. Everyone has their um, lens of what they consider the big ones. And the ones which are not so important so uh, so the torah says not if you'll keep the mitzvahs um which people naturally trample on their foot then hashem says i'll fulfill the promise and the covenant the kindness that i gave to your forefathers that's what Torah uses the word akev it's a hint that we're not just talking about fulfillment of the mitzvahs we're talking about fulfilling those mitzvahs which are um unpopular mitzvahs which people think aren't aren't, aren't yeah, so, so the big less important yeah. less important ones right less important ones um, but the Torah's news were less important because it says people trample underfoot. Because can you say they're really less important? No, well, just people don't care. Right, 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 right. Um, a friend of mine once said, "How come Elenu is the fastest prayer in the shul? The fastest prayer is always Aleinu." His words were because once the horse sees the trough, it bolts. So at the end of the lane, like okay, now I'm finally done. Let me finish this. You know, boom. Okay, he said, Okay, but if we're talking about mitzvahs, people naturally trample on their foot, look at the end of the sentence. If you will keep what? If you'll keep my mishpatim, There are three kinds of mitzvahs. Mishpatim are the ones that make sense to us. Those are the ones that we don't trample on their foot. Those are the ones that we naturally have an affinity to, even if we're not brought up in a religious environment. Those are the ones that make sense to us. Those are the ones that we gravitate to. So why those the kind of mitzvahs that people trample on their foot, if we're talking about the ones who trample on their foot, they aren't mishpatim. Those are the ones which which are which are we have a little bit of a, a friction in fulfilling. There are three kinds of mitzvahs. is chuk mishpatim. Mishpatim are the mitzvahs that our logic tells us we must fulfill. For example, mitzvah honoring your father and mother, mitzvah not to steal. Eid is in a mitzvah al kapon Mitzvahs have a second category, ados. Eidos means you're doing things to testify to a truth, testify to something that has happened or is happening to Jewish people. For example, the mitzvah of eating matzah, the mitzvah of keeping Shabbos. It's not something that you would naturally do. But once you're doing it, you could explain it. I'm keeping Shabbos as a testimony that God created the world in six days and rests on the Sabbath. It's not that it's it's a. I would naturally do it by myself if I would never heard of it before, but I could explain it. It's like a contingency, that's pretty much what it is. Huh? You're saying real estate words, I'm not sorry, what does that mean? Contingency means I do this based upon this. Like yeah, yeah, because of this, I'm doing this. For example, mitzvahs we do to remember, to commemorate our departure from Egypt, mitzvahs, for example. Uh, we're doing them because Hashem asked us to testify to, to express this truth then there are other mitzvahs then there are mitzvahs which are beyond logic and reason and the nations of the world criticize us and they, annoy, they, they they try to annoy us and they say, they say what in the world are you guys doing the nations of the world look at those mitzvahs which are super rational and they say, they, they don't make any sense only those mitzvahs are called chukah. only those mitzvahs which are super rational we do only because God said to do them and we don't do them because of our understanding those are unique, they're only because God said so the other mitzvahs we're supposed to also um, do them as well in addition to God instructing us to do those mitzvahs we're we're supposed to do them as well because of our own appreciation for them Hashem wants us to be changed by the mitzvah. Shem wants to fix our character of the mitzvah. So He, he wants us to not just to honor our parents physically, but He wants us to cultivate gratitude in ourselves to everybody. He wants us to feel this idea that He's giving us with the mitzvah of our father and mother. So if the Torah is mentioning a mitzvah that a person tramples underfoot, a mitzvah should naturally ignores. The Torah should have listed a mitzvah which people would naturally have a issue with, like a mitzvah of of a chayk or an edus. Not mishpatim; those are the last things that you would think of as an example of a mitzvah that people naturally ignore. People would naturally ignore something that that doesn't resonate with them. Like uh, yesterday, I was at a at a funeral and on the way to the funeral I saw a group of uh, Jews getting together for an unveiling and I noticed they didn't have a minion so I asked them if they wanted a minion so they didn't want a minion why didn't they want a minion? it's not that anything against a minion it's just, it's just like what they were doing, the trajectory of what they were doing was we're honoring this person who passed away in our way, in way that makes sense to us and this thing of minion doesn't make sense to us what is that? That, that, that? that was important. We would have thought of it before. It doesn't matter if it's a million guys that can help us make communion and, and do it. That, that, that's not something which, which is logical to us. If if, um, if their Uncle Jerry came by and Uncle Jerry said he wants to say a few words, I don't want to pass away, even though it wasn't part of the program, of course Uncle Jerry could say a few words. Uncle Jerry is doing the same thing that they're doing. They're, they're getting together to honor this person who passed away. And in a way that it makes sense to them, that everyone of the family should share their experience with this about the person passed away. That way, what was what makes sense. Bringing in something which doesn't make sense is something which is. If they were in a synagogue, uh, they wouldn't have any problem with there being a minion there. But it's not something that they're going to go out of their way to do, and we even welcome because it's not something which is in their in their in their understanding. So those are the kind of things that we also who uh, are are okay with dabbing in a minion. But there are other things which 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 which, which, we, which we would naturally not put so much. Okay, case in point: this morning, I am washing negavaser, and you're supposed to wash negavaser the same way you wash for bread. When you wash for bread, our custom is to, is to use a towel when washing for bread. Hold the cup with a towel. And the Rabbi says that if you, that's we we do by the washing for bread, you should do the same thing also. You wash in the morning. I wash in the morning and uh, it happens by the fifth washing it's supposed to do six right and my hand touches the cup now do i see any difference in the cup right that's that that's not uh and i'm in a rush you guys guys so i came three minutes late so uh so like ah, does that makes does that make sense so that's something that 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 i could see like you know like it doesn't make sense let me just it doesn't make a difference it's still the same thing so i have to like say no it makes a difference this is what it says i believe in this I have to dry my hands and start over again. Sorry, another minute away. Whatever. The point is that, that <laughs> when something doesn't make sense to you, then you trample on their foot. But the Torah says no way. The mitzvahs you trample on their foot are the mitzvahs which make sense, the mitzvahs of Mishpatim. How, why is that the example that's given of the mitzvahs would trample on their foot? So we have here two questions. Again, question number one is if we're talking about a promise, we're talking about a covenant, we're talking about kindness, those are all things which are totally independent of merit, They're just about God's uh, gift to us, he's swearing to protect us, he's he's giving us kindness, because he wants to give us kindness, he makes a covenant with us, no matter what our situation is, then why does Hashem say, only if you do mitzvahs, then I'll do all those things, question number one, question number two is, Hashem uses an unusual word, when he makes a condition, he says, akef. Akef means mitzvahs, which people naturally put under their heel, Akef means heel, and what is an example of mitzvahs that people put under their heel? Mishpatim. Whoa, why mishpatim? Mishpatim is the last thing you put under your heel. The mitzvahs you put under your heel are mitzvahs which don't make sense to you. Mishpatim is something that you naturally, it makes sense to you, it's not something that you want to want to keep. So why is that the example of a mitzvah that we naturally tramp on their foot? Okay, let me continue.